So we begin our final study of uh, overcomers, rising above life's challenges, as we look at the last uh, segment of Joseph's life. I'm looking at Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 21, and we'll be looking today, particularly as we close our study on Joseph, uh, overcoming an earthly mindset. So how we can begin to look at life and the things that happen in our life from, from God's perspective. So let's uh, begin with some prayer before we get into our study. So, uh, Lord, we come into your presence in the name of your Son, Jesus, and we open our heart to your word today. We thank you for the life of Joseph and how you've worked uh, marvelously in his life, even when things seemed disastrous and at wit's end, you made a way for him. We pray, Lord, that we will begin to see our life from your perspective, that we begin to see earthly uh, realities from heavenly perspectives. We ask you to come visit us in this study to open the eyes of our heart and the eyes of our mind to be able to see the events of our life from with your understanding in your wisdom. And we pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So uh, we begin, I'm going to actually read Genesis 50 verses 15 through 21. says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, if Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. So they sent his message to Joseph. Before he died, your father gave a command. Say to this, Joseph, please forgive your brothers and transgression and their sin, the suffering they caused you. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father, Joseph wept when their message came to him. Then his brothers came to him, bowed down before him, and said, We are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. I am in the place. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So uh, we see first uh, here is that uh, Jacob um, died, and uh, Jacob is the father of Joseph, of course, and has these 12 sons, and then he's buried, and the brothers are then scared because they knew as long as his father lived, Joseph would be kind to them. Uh, He would be uh, hospitable to them, and Joseph did care for his family, for 17 years, once they kind of rejoined and rediscovered one another, he, uh, the family prospered under Joseph, and uh, um, the brothers had peace. But then they lost their peace when Jacob, their father, died. I guess they felt they lost their insurance card, you might say. Um, they Fundamentally, the brothers lived in the haunting memory of their evil deeds against Joseph. And I think this is what this mem- the memories of their evil against their brother is what haunted them and brought them shame and which led to fear. Uh, the first Peter chapter five, verse eight says the devil is like a prowling lion looking for someone to devour. And surely the brothers of Joseph were being devoured by the enemy. 
They're being devoured with shame and fear, and the brothers who had enjoyed peace had lost that peace in their own hearts. Notice, and so they resort to trickery or deceit. They say, let's send a message to Joseph. Before he died, your father gave a command, take care of your brothers, forgive them, you know, um, because this was deceit. Uh, Jacob never did any such thing. And um, again, we see where the brothers kind of resorting to their old ways, you might say. Uh, So when we live in the haunting memories of our past, uh, where there's shame and there's fear, and we live in those memories, uh, the tragedy of it is that uh, we're stuck there. We can't move forward. Um, But the Lord offers to us forgiveness, as we're going to see in a moment with Joseph. Uh, He offers us forgiveness, the forgiveness that flows from the cross. And it becomes, it's a promise of his. You know, he says in his word, first letter of John, chapter 1, verse 9, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, that word confess in, in, um, means you come before the Lord, I come before the Lord, and we lay our sins before him, asking for his forgiveness. It can lead further to the sacrament of reconciliation, but certainly is not, ex- uh, is not exclusive of the sacrament, but certainly... it's in a certain sense implies that I already recognize my need for forgiveness and that the Lord wants to forgive. So I'm asking him for forgiveness. Sometimes our difficulty is that we don't always accept the forgiveness the Lord gives us. And that is a problem, uh, a number of different levels that could be involved in forgiving ourselves for what we've done. Um, It can also mean it really recognizing that the cross was a definitive work of the Lord to forgive the sins of the human race, including your sins and my sins, and that to neglect the cross and to think that the Lord can't forgive me is really an element of pride on our parts. Um, you know, they often some some people will reflect on the difference between Judas and Peter because they both denied Jesus. One sold him over to the um, the, the Sanhedrin for 30 pieces of silver, Peter denied him uh, in his, his time of trial. Um, what's the difference between the two? Well, Peter received the Lord's forgiveness. Judas did not. Um, and so, so we have to ask the question is, do I see the cross as a definitive work of the Lord to give to me forgiveness when I can't earn it, I can't I don't deserve it, but it's freely given. It's a matter of me accepting and receiving what only the Lord can give to me. So that's where Joseph's brothers find themselves. Shame and fear basically paralyze them, and uh, the haunting memories of the past, uh, and so they resort to some kind of deceit. But when Joseph got the message, Joseph's response was entirely different, though. It says that Joseph wept when their message came to him. Uh, Joseph's um, heart had been not given over to bitterness or resentments. I mean, it could have been, let's face it. All that had happened to him, and uh, even though he had risen to great favor and power in, in Pharaoh's court uh, and administration, he was like, um, nobody was outside of Pharaoh who was be- next, next in charge in Egypt. It was Joseph. And so he could have looked down on his brothers, but didn't. Joseph's heart was a heart that wept. And I think 
Joseph here is a type of Jesus Christ. If we look to the New Testament, we see that Jesus hanging from the cross, as he said to Pontius Pilate, I could call on 10,000 legions of angels to get me out of this, but I'm not going to, because that's not my Father's will and purposes. Rather, Jesus from the cross says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so Jesus' heart was a heart that wept for the human race. Uh, He wasn't eager to... Uh, destroy the human race. He wasn't eager to wipe it out. He, was, he only wanted to forgive and reconcile hearts so they could once again be rejoined to his Father and be transformed into his image and likeness. That was his desire. That was the passion of the heart of the Trinity. And so we see Jesus weeping at the, at the cross for all of humanity. Um, that's, but it's not a weeping that is fatalistic in a sense of Jesus weeps because he's simply broken. He, it's in his weeping is his passion and his love for the human race, a love that brings us forgiveness, a love that atones us for our, of our sins, a love that reconciles us to the heart of the Father. That's what his weeping is about at the cross as he cries out, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. And so here we see Joseph weeping too. And Joseph's heart is not to put down his brothers. Joseph's heart is to reconcile his brothers. And matter of fact, you could say Joseph's heart is to lift from his brother's life shame and fear. So they come and they bow down before him and says, we are your slaves. Now, back in Genesis chapter 37, Joseph's dream was that his brothers would bow down before him. Uh, Joseph, in his youthfulness and impetuousness and probably pride, uh, told his brothers that, which created rivalry and jealousy, you can imagine. But it would come true. It would come true at this moment, though, in God's timing. And see, we, and Joseph says to them, don't be afraid, am I in the place of God? Joseph demonstrates here that his heart towards his brothers is a heart that uh, doesn't want to hold anything against them. And so that's God's heart towards you through his son, Jesus. He doesn't hold anything against you. If there's anybody who holds anything against you, it's maybe yourself. And certainly Satan, as called the accuser of the brethren. He loves to come and hold us bound to our past in shame and fear and guilt. That uh, perceptibly keeps us from receiving the Lord's forgiveness and his mercy. But God's heart is a heart to forgive and a heart to free. And sometimes for us, we need just simply to look at the cross of Jesus, the crucifix, the crucifixion, uh, and there really reflect on the cost he paid to free you and me from our sins. So then Joseph says to uh, his brothers, you planned evil against me, but God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your little ones. And he comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. Joseph demonstrates that God is worthy to be trusted and that all the events of Joseph's life, though recognizing clearly that his brothers committed great evil against Joseph, God worked all that into a plan for good. Instead of Joseph giving his heart over to hatred, or in this case, a superior relationship to his brothers, Joseph instead declared that God, you meant it for evil, but God planted for good. God worked, God was sovereign, and God had his plans and purposes. 
and he's saying God's worthy of trust. And therefore, Joseph was saying, here is the big picture. God worked it out for good. So uh, we come to the conclusion of our study today, and let me just ask a couple questions here. As we say, the title of this particular talk was, uh, session was about overcoming an earthly mindset, kind of seeing things from a heavenly viewpoint. Um, So how can you or I encourage one another to see our lives from God's perspective? How can we help someone to see uh, the brokenness of their past, perhaps, the wrong decisions, the bad decisions, um, how can we help them to see them from God's, per- help them to see it from God's perspective? Second thing is, um, when have you found forgiveness uh, in your life uh, hard to accept or believe? For yourself personally, where in your life have you found it difficult to receive forgiveness? Hard to believe that God could forgive you. When we are able to accept the Lord's forgiveness in the place where we find it hard to believe that God would forgive me, then we're much more freer to be able to forgive others uh, who offended us as well. And then what will cost us to leave justice in God's hands? Sometimes there are situations which we cannot control, um, we cannot overcome. Um, Any amount of efforts to attain justice doesn't seem to work or Maybe it's not even possible to pursue that kind of action, um, particularly when we've been hurt or offended or in some way badly injured. Um, at that point, do we have the capability to leave it in God's hands, uh, trusting that he will work out justice and, work, and then work in our life for the good? Um, let me conclude by saying, as we look at the story of Joseph um, and uh, being overcomers in life. The world says that we should simply survive in circumstances, but Christianity says that we are overcomers. And how is it that we're overcomers? We're overcomers through seeing our life and giving our, and trusting in a God who's bigger than the events of our life, who is sovereign, who has a great wisdom and power, and who loves us. Uh, with a deep, abiding intimacy of love that is reflected of Jesus coming and dying on the cross. And that God is able to fit everything into a pattern for the good to those that love him and called according to his plan. So let's pray in conclusion. So Lord, we thank you for this um, scripture that you give us, that you've enshrined for all time in the life of, uh, of Joseph, about Joseph, how you worked in his life despite all the evils. So I pray that whatever circumstances we've gone through that have been painful and difficult and heavy for us, that we would begin to see your hand at work, that you would show us your power, your wisdom at work. You would show us that you have your purposes in mind. And we thank you for this as we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen.